to Come Along With Me, a podcast for fans who have finished all 10 seasons of Adventure Time and want to journey back through the land of Ooh in an episode-by-episode analysis of Cartoon Network's most mathematical TV show. I am Laura the Human. And I'm KK, also the human. This is Chapter 2.17, Death in Bloom, boarded by Cole Sanchez and Jesse Moynihan. In this episode of Come Along With Me, people like to give Orpheus a lot of flack, but he's got nothing on Jake. <laughs> This podcast contains full spoilers for all Adventure Time, including the Distant Land special, Together Again. If you haven't finished the series, turn back now. While off at a science conference, Princess Bubblegum enlists Finn and Jake to babysit her princess plant. Unfortunately, Finn and Jake prove to be impressively awful guardians and promptly kill it. Never fear, however, Peppermint Butler promises to give them passage to the afterlife in exchange for a favor. Our two heroes manage to slip into the land of the dead, but quickly encounter some skeletons who wish to eat the flesh off their body. They nearly escape, but Jake farts, starting the chase again. They come to a river, where a skull encourages them to drink. Finn thinks that's super sketchy, but Jake goes right ahead, and loses his memory. Now, not only does Finn have to restore the princess plant's life, but Jake's memory too. They find death in a rock garden in a white castle, none too pleased to encounter two mortals. However, he allows Finn to challenge him to a music competition, which Finn loses. Death is about to kill him, but before he can, Finn lets Death know that Peppermint Butler says hi. A friend of Pep Bud is a friend of Death, so he's happy to return both the plant and Jake's memories. They return to the land of the living and give PB Black her flower, which she promptly eats because it turns out to be a hairstyling tool. She, our heroes, and Pep Butt come in for a hug only for Peppermint Butler to whisper that he wants repayment in the form of flesh. 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 <laughs> All right, we got to start off at the top. Peppermint, Peppermint Butler. Peppermint Butler's... Oh, wait, no. Sorry. No, no Peppermint Butler's amazing. <laughs> I love him so much. He is top three characters for me, for sure. He's so fun. Like, I don't know. It's just... This was such a genius character choice. <laughs> like, just, you know, three-fourths four, three of the way through season two, being like, what if he was a necromancer, though? The first time we see him is in Slumber Party Panic, and there's nothing remarkable about him, right? And it Well, takes... I think the first ones, he's, he's very much, he's a polite little butler man, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but at some, like, he has occasional flashes where he's just a little more intense, but none of it suggests dark magic. No, which is, I mean, that's such a, it, it feels like a writing exercise, you know? Like, put together, <laughs> he's a butler, and he's uh, flamboyant, Candy. and he is a necromancer. Like... <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like a really fun way to generate uh, D&D NPCs. Oh, yes. I love that. Okay. Next time I DM, I'm going to give that a, a whirl, I guess. Um, KK, what's your favorite part of this episode? 
Oh, man. There's a lot of really good episodes. Very, Can I guess good. what your favorite will be? It's actually not when Jake farts. Oh, I, my God. That I was know. what I was going to guess. It, okay. But that's only because my favorite part is probably when he says, I'm not a banana. <laughs> What's your favorite part? The on the morrow joke is maybe one of my favorite jokes of this entire TV show. <laughs> don't don't isn't it the second time they've used it? I don't think it is. No, dungeon no. is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, that the morrow shows up for the first time in the dungeon, but in this one, it goes. Uh, Princess Bubblegum is like, I will return on the morrow, and she's being a fancy princess. So like Finn, who honestly impressed me by knowing that it meant tomorrow. But then Jake's like, no, the morrow's her bird. It's super fast. It's super fast. She's gonna get home super fast. And then there's that weird, like, you know, imagine spot where he's dwelling over it, and he's like, the morrow is a bird, and his mouth opens, and there's the bird cawing in his mouth, and it's just bizarre and wonderful, and it's a hilarious joke. <laughs> On the morrow. <laughs> I, I love when people play around with, like, the fantasy, fancy wording conventions. Like, there's um, a recurring joke in the musical TV show Galavant, yes. where characters are like, I will meet you when the night the night begins to darken and the crows caw the coming of the moon. And the other person's like, so like around nine? Like half past eight. So I guess we're going to recommend it at some point. Please watch it. It's a really good show that just didn't find, uh, find its audience, unfortunately. Okay. Well, there's a lot of really amazing stuff to dig into this episode. All the more so because this is what pretty much all of Together Again was based on, right? Yeah, I mean, for sure the episode with the most direct connection to it. And they do a pretty good job of expanding upon it, even if there are a few places where you're like, they don't quite match up. Um, like, the none of the people in the Land of the Dead that we see in Together Again seem particularly obsessed with eating flesh as an example. Yeah, that would be pretty exhausting to maintain throughout the episode. It would be. It works well here, and I'm sure we could rationalize why it's happening. Like, maybe the people who get stuck in the first dead world, you know, the entry-level dead world, are really hung up on life or something. And I guess Finn wasn't actually alive in Together Again, so he doesn't actually No, he wasn't actually alive, but, like, what I mean is, if somebody in Together Again had wandered in who was immortal, would Finn have been like... Man, I really want to eat me some flesh. <laughs> Somehow I find it hard to believe, you know? Yeah. So, obviously we get a lot of stuff in Together Again. That will probably come up as we continue our discussion. But I also want to just mention some of the various mythologies that seem to have influenced this episode. Okay. Well, the main one is just Greek. It's very, you know, we have this weird being guarding the entry to the underworld, which seems vaguely severus Based, even though it's like a single-headed bird, but but like same a big, big guardian gatekeeper type of creature, yeah. Big guardian gatekeeper. Um, it's very fields of Ashvidel, like it's just this blah nothingness land that you're just sort of stuck in. You mm-hmm. know, obviously we see that there are other realms, but you want to know that based on just this episode. 
Um, and then we have that river of forgetfulness, which also features in Greek mythology, where the souls of the dead drink from it, and then they forget their mortal lives. Was that Lethe? Leth? Lethe. Yeah, Lethe. I think Leth. Yeah. Hey, Leth. if you speak ancient Greek, let us know. <laughs> and also know that we don't really care, but you can totally No, I us. care. <laughs> I do care. Speak for yourself, KK. <laughs> And then that bit where uh, Peppermint Butler is like stare at where the two walls meet. As I understand, it's a reference to the Cthulhu mythos. Oh, okay, cool. Which I, I, I can't say for sure because I have very little interest in actually writing Lovecraft's work. But, you know, obviously, big influence on the genre there. <laughs> sure. I guess the idea of going down to the underworld to retrieve someone who's died is not just Greek. There's no, many that's... mythologies that have that myth. Yeah, but this one, I mean, it does feel like it's pretty Orpheus-influenced, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, hey, nothing wrong with uh, being inspired by one mythology primarily. As they're in the underworld and they're going down, like, this escalator thing, or they're about to, Jake's like, you can go into my paunch, and he, like, makes a little belly flap thing, and Finn looks really disgusted, and quickly he's like, oh, look, there's a, there's an escalator. You have no right to be that disgusted, Finn. <laughs> You got into his entire body and wore him like a suit. Yeah, that was two episodes ago. <laughs> two! <laughs> Jake is very stupid this episode. Like, yeah. They, even they by Jake's standards. Sometimes they take turns sharing the brain cell. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, in the beginning, they were both being, like, spectacularly bad at taking care of a, a plant. That montage is extremely good. And then... <laughs> And then when they, like, put it to sleep and kiss it, it's like the charred corpse. They're like, ah, we killed it, man! <laughs> like, they they knew kind of all along that they were doing the wrong thing, but they were just... You know, like like uh, two parents who aren't going to talk about how they think they should get divorced while the kid's awake. <laughs> I've got to say, I'm not actually convinced that feeding a plant soda and giving it pizza and its roots would hurt it because i mean plants can get you know nutrients from that but kicking it out of its pot and okay, burning kicking... it up would probably okay, yeah. not be great for it those two parts aren't great i'm just saying that i don't think feeding it pizza is comparable it's also okay? a magical plant to be fair okay are you telling me magical plants don't like pizza because that doesn't sound right I don't know. I, I've never met a magical plant. Well, you really got to get out of your house more. <laughs> I like the bit where they're trying to hide from the skeletons. It's like, it's not a hole, Jake. It's just a divot. <laughs> and then Jake just punches him into it real hard. Oh, man. Then, of course, they're being chased again. And Jake farts specifically because it would be funny. <laughs> I thought it would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, he, then, course, he says, I don't know, it wouldn't be too bad if there weren't folks trying to eat our skin, which surely hits different after Together Again. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this episode, it really does hammer home why he ended up in the 50th Dead World. That guy's chill. Yeah. Doesn't care. Doesn't care a bit. <laughs> He'll let whatever happen happen. Which is something else I found kind of fascinating, that those brief glimpses that we got of him without his memories. Uh, he was still basically, you know, usually when somebody loses their memories in cartoons, it's like they either become a total blank slate or their personality is like utterly different. And this one, it was still like, yep, 
That's Jake. Oh, skeleton guy by a mile. <laughs> <laughs> Initially, like, really angry at Finn, but doesn't stop, you know, <laughs> just carries him away. And later he's like, yeah, this guy's fun. I like him. <laughs> you know what? Before we get into death, I do need to say the most important character who makes their return in this episode. Stanley's family. Oh, yeah, Stanley the Watermelon. Stel- Stanley the Watermelon and his various food people. <laughs> There's just a whole race of food people. And, and Princess Bubblegum is leaving and she's like, well, see you later. Because they can't talk. <laughs> she, she had this conference with them. And it was just her being like, oh, this is cool. Who made this? Silence. <laughs> and she goes away clearly being like, why did I even bother? Oh, man. That was a good joke. I love you, PB. But Death. Let's let's talk about the Adventure Time version of Death as a character. He is voiced by Miguel Ferrer, Ferrer, who uh, passed away in 2017. He also voiced Sean Yu in Mulan, which is his most famous other voice role. He's in Uh, By icon, Shen Yu. Shen Yu. No, no, no. Shen Yu, I think, is the bad guy. Oh. Who's the bi-icon? Li Shang is the bicon, and he's vo- voiced by Donny Osmond, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay. All right. In my fairness, it's been a long time since I saw that film. Okay. Mulan but is the- my favorite Disney Listen, animated it's, film. It's also so... one of my favorites, so I guess that makes it, I shouldn't be saying that. That makes Maybe it even worse. Maybe it's time for you to re- rewatch. Watch it. Maybe it is time for me to rewatch it. Okay. Fair. So, Death... This version of death is an interesting personification of the concept because I feel like most personifications of the character of death either lean very heavily into the Grim Reaper, who is evil and scary, uh, you know, the traditional Reaper archetype, uh, or, you know, the gentle angel coming to carry you away, or the more, I guess I'd call them postmodern versions of them, like we get in uh, Sandman or Terry Pratchett's Discworld, where they're much more actively heroic and this death doesn't fit into any of those categories no this death is special r.i.p death by the way r.i.p death r.i.p death death Um, is dead long live mr death (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but he's like he's very zen at one point like you know he has uh the rock garden we know from together again that he's like a big proponent of the 50th dead world and he lives in this pretty chill white castle, but he's also really into metal music. And I death love that metal icon. specifically, yeah. Death, death metal. On one hand, he clearly has these strict rules, which most, I think, death deities traditionally have. Like, if you're mortal and you come to the world dead, you have to die. Unless you, like, you know, you can do some sort of competition or game with him to argue your case type thing. But then at the end, he's just like, oh, you know Pep Butt? Chill. Uh, I think we also missed a really big mythological reference, um, the mythology of the American South, whereby you have to uh, fight the devil in a musical battle to win a prize. (laughs) I I didn't know that, but I guess there are a few songs, right? Just the devil went down to Georgia. There's really just the one. Well, maybe there's more that we aren't (laughs) familiar with, but yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I love those concepts of having to fight you know, a god or death specifically in some sort of competition and outsmart or trick them or outperform them. 
Yeah, it's a good, it's a good one. It's a good trope. Something I noticed, uh, another kind of really, well, I thought it was subtle, a subtle thing that they brought back in Together Again is this whole kiss element. In Uh this episode, Death kisses Jake, which gives back his memories, but then in Together Again, the kiss of life kills her son. Huh, that is interesting. Yeah. Also, when Death kisses Jake, he pops his foot, because Jake is bi as hell. (laughs) But then he's like, Ooh, gross, which at first I thought was, like, I got kissed by a guy, but I'm pretty sure it's I got kissed by a skull. I think that's more like it. Yes. That's more like it. Because as, yeah. as you just said, Jake is still very much himself, even without his memories. Yeah, well, he had his memories back at that point because he got kissed by death. Right. <laughs> I don't know. For me, this seems like this episode could have pretty easily, you know, it, all it takes is one introduction of we journeyed into the land of the dead to skew all the stakes in your TV show, but Adventure Times, especially early Adventure Times, complete lack of care about these things means that it's it's just fine. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the nature of Adventure Time is, like, the world can kind of always expand. So we have this, like, pretty, pretty standard, pretty Hellenic underworld-looking thing, and then guess what? There's actually 50 dead worlds, so we have all that space to explore, even past that initial introduction which they introduced a lot of weird stuff in there which is like here's one that's vaguely based on eastern philosophies here's one that's based on purgatory here's one that's based on hell here's one that is a vor universe and i don't think any religion has that i forgot about the vor universe (laughs) you forgot about it when we recorded that episode too every Uh, time i bring it up maybe my brain's trying to tell me something (laughs) trying to not tell you something more like going into the vault <laughs> no, I really like this episode. Me too. It's a delight from start to finish. Yeah, it's just I guess I'm a sucker for Land of the Dead stories. I'm a simple woman, you know? Uh there's <laughs> some fun blue blue linguistics biz. Yeah. Finn says, Holy schmow, which is continuing on our owl kick. And then <laughs> when the guardian bird tells them they have to get out of line, he says, Ah Dingle. Ah Dingle. <laughs> He's such a useless guardian of the underworld. <laughs> what a good bit that was. <laughs> of course, then we end with that pet butt asking for their flesh, as we alluded to at the beginning. And, I mean, he absolutely got it, right? <laughs> oh, it's pet butt. I have no question, no doubt in my mind he got it. I guess just, you know, in a bit of a Shakespearean, how did he get that flesh, that pound of flesh without the blood? Spill not one drop of human blood. But take your pound of flesh. Eh, I'm sure he figured it out a way. It's pet butt, I'm sure he did. It's pet butt. Probably took it out of their butts or something. I think you would notice a gaping hole in your butt, KK. Well, Jake wouldn't. He can just shapeshift it back. Can he? Wait, you think I could, you could notice a gaping hole in my butt? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listeners, I really want you to understand. <laughs> I hate KK. I hate her so much. She has forced me to do this podcast. She has locked me in a room for like nine months. She won't let me leave. She makes me do this podcast with her. Please come rescue me. (laughs) KK. 
It's media rec time. Oh, I know just the one. I um actually just played this a few months ago. It's a video game called Hades. I think it's actually recently out on pretty much all consoles. So uh, go out and buy it. It is a rogue light, which I think, Laura, correct me if I'm wrong, means that every time you go through, you you die, and then you come back with like better stats, better gear, and that sort of thing. That's one element of it. But if you really wanted to get into the distinctions of roguelites and roguelikes, I'd be happy to go into it. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll save that for <laughs> Wikipedia if you really want to know more. But the concept is your um, your Hades son, mm-hmm. and you want to escape the underworld, and you gotta fight your way through it. And it's not like any game I've ever played. Not that I play a whole lot of console games, but it is so I mean, much. It's not fun. just console; it's also on PC. Right. And you get, um, and you get, it's just very rewarding. And every time you go through, the rooms shuffle around. So you're never playing the same board twice. It's very cool. As I understand, because I haven't played Hades yet, uh, I'm trying to get through the rest of the Supergiant Games uh, backlog before I play it. Um, one of the real distinctions that makes this stand out from other roguelikes is there is a story that progresses. So even if you keep dying, you're still getting uh, more character information and you're still moving the plot forward. Am I correct? That's correct, yes. Um, and it's it's very RPG-like. You have to sort of collect things from different characters to learn their story. And it's rewarding. It's great. Awesome. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, this this thing has been pretty much universally loved, so... Uh, if you like yourself kind of a fun action game, definitely something to check out. Thank you for joining KK and Laura the Humans on Come Along With Me. Email us at adventuretimepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Come Along With Me, where the last E is a three. And Instagram and Tumblr at adventuretimepod. Now come on, grab your friends, and go to very distant lands. Mm-hmm.